This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 455 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Tonight, we've invited young horse expert rider Angela Jackson on the show to discuss training and competing four-year-olds. Beth Hayes will join us from the horse, of course, to talk about dressage fashion trends, and we have a great trainer tip about three-year-olds. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Loxahatchee, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, well, Phil. Well, we are back. Hey, Reese. I know, we're back. <laughs> Phil, well, first of all, I had a great time when you visited us here. We worked some horses. We, we, we actually had a great time, but we worked a little bit. I kept you busy. Yeah, I had a, yeah, I had a really fun time. We, we were able to uh, teach one of my clients that's down there, Andrea. And uh, we worked on your horses a little bit, yeah. other horses a little bit, so a little great. bit of a vacation. And then Ben uh, and I and the Horse Lovers Cruise took off from Miami, and we sailed around Bahamas and Key West. So that was you a guys had a blast, huh? Yeah. I was so jealous of you guys the whole week. I was like, oh. mm. how well, was, was the cruise? What'd you guys? Yeah, what'd you guys get up to? to uh just to meet up with some more of our listeners and to make some new friends so that was really fun and uh i mean the weather we had was unbelievable and we stopped in nassau we stopped in um key west like i said and what is a little island called jen oh she's not going to help me out with this coco k coco k that's right it's a royal caribbean beach island so Yes, sounds amazing. We had a good time. I had a good time. Sounds but amazing. it's back to work. I'm at home now. And, I know. And uh, how's the weather? I, well, actually, it's, it's like kind of warmed up and it's raining. I think that's oh, going to be the weather yeah. for the whole week, which I can handle. You know, now I've got my, you know, my vitamin D all built up. And yeah. I think we're going to turn a corner, make it into March and be thinking about some horse shows. So it's, nice. uh, it's really fun. Nice. What's like going it. on in Wellington? What's what's going on in Loxahatchee actually this week? Loxahatchee, yeah. <laughs> uh, great. Actually, the horses have been fantastic since Phil came. He got a little, uh, which is good. And I had lessons with Scott Hassler yesterday. So that was so much fun. And uh, today I went to an instructor certification workshop. Um, so just lots of busy stuff. You know, it's yeah, it's really busy. You know, that's the thing around here. It gets quite busy. Uh, and then we have a horse show this weekend. So we're going to get ready for the horse show. Um, so hopefully... I got to ask you I gotta ask you on air because I know that sure. you and I went down to see the five-star freestyle. What, do you, what yeah. did you think? Yeah, I really enjoyed the five-star freestyle. And we both went to the special as well, to the five-star special. Oh, it's a special the next day, yeah. Yeah, which was great. And uh, it was nice to have Phil in because I actually took the time to go do that, um, which is nice. Sometimes we Drag get stuck farm, here. Yeah. yeah, we get stuck on the farm a little, um, which is a good and bad problem to have. Um, 
but I really, you know, watching Laura Graves ride, if if you haven't seen Laura Graves ride or a video of it, you should, because uh, it's really, really special to watch that, her ride, Diddy. Um, the relationship that those two have is pretty amazing, uh, and it's just really something to watch. So uh, I would encourage everyone, go on YouTube, find it. Uh, she was really a class to herself. Wouldn't you say, Phil? It was like Laura Graves and then the rest of the class. Yeah, um, and unfortunately, there, there's not much of a rivalry um, there. It's more of, uh, you know, her and then, like you said, and, and there were some combinations of younger horses, you know, the first first year, you know, competing internationally in the Grand Prix. So I think we're going to see uh, quite a few horses step up throughout the season here and uh, and when they get to, you know, wag at, at the end of the year will be uh, much improved, and, and I'm excited to see how these these uh, horse riders will, will develop. Yeah, and that is always fun. You know, it's always fun to see them now, and then again, sort of at the end of the year. But Laura Graves was phenomenal, so that was really fun to watch. And then, um, you know, uh, Adrian Lyle, her horse, Salvino. He's Salvino, oh, yeah, that was, that was, that's oh. a special combination to watch, I think. It really is. They won if, the if special. She can, I mean, that horse has so much expression and movement, so if she can corral it and get a really uh, accurate some accurate test patterns and and really work on that um relationship and trust you know you could see yeah. especially in the special i mean we saw a bunch of horses kind of spooking at the 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 wind was up the next day yes. and, and the tents were flapping a little bit so unfortunately there were some mistakes in uh in you know in the grand prix special rides that uh yeah were you know unfortunate but uh it, it happens, right? That's the big yeah, stage, you know, in there. That's and the deal, right? Yeah. A lot, lot going on, so. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there is a CDI this weekend also. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to, to go do that, uh, to go see that, because we're showing too. It's, there's two shows, uh, which is crazy. But, uh, yeah, no, all, all is well. Everything is sort of full steam ahead here for mm. sure. So Great. Um, it's all good. It's all good. So, yeah. Well, we have a great show. Yeah, I was just going to talk about the show, so go ahead. Yeah, we have a great show today. We're going to start off um, a series. We, Phil and I have been talking about doing the series for a while, so I'm excited. We're, we're starting it off. Uh, we're going to talk about young horses and sort of the young horse FEI tests and, and you know, sort of what those are and what you're looking for. and Expectations and maybe, for riding yeah. the young guys, you know, these kinds yeah. of things. Absolutely. And, and maybe when to take a horse and when not to take a horse. So tonight, uh, a good friend of mine, Angela Jackson, is going to come on. She's going to talk about four-year-olds, which is fantastic. So I hope you enjoy that. Uh, But we're going to start off the day of sort of a fun segment. Beth Haste from The Horse, of course, has done this segment for us before uh, of what not to wear, but also what what are some hot trends in, in dressage fashion that we're seeing down here in Wellington. So I hope you enjoy. Well, tonight, I am so excited to have my friend Beth Haste on. She is the owner-president of The Horse, of course, and she's here in Wellington. Beth, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Reese, for having me. I really enjoy being on your show. We love it. And and really, let's be real. You are the lady. On the, who, the go-to person. The go-to person to what to wear in the dressage world. So I'm super excited. We did this segment last year on sort of what is, what's the newest fashion? What's going on in the, in the dressage world? I think in the dressage world, you're seeing a little less bling. I think you're seeing it very strategically placed. And I'm, I think we're getting a little bit back to a more classic look. Now, when you say classic, that doesn't mean 
long skirts on your coats, <laughs> nor does it mean a waist seam. So that's where I think it's going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about strategically placed bling, what, what, what are you talking about? Where, where, how much? I think that you could have a little on the collar, mm-hmm. maybe a little on the, like, let's say a short coat, a little on the collar, a little on, uh, maybe even on the pockets, not mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. just enough. And I think it should be almost um, a little subtle. So you don't want to have something really contrasting. Okay. And I think that um, some of um, I some of the trends that I've seen, you have to be careful. Like I've seen some piping oh, yeah. on some coats, but I think you have to be very careful that that is put in a strategic place on your body to emphasize something good and not something bad. Oh, yeah. I've seen some bad piping down here. If in doubt, don't do it. Yeah. Like, if you're going to put white piping down the back of your back, I'm just saying, you better be really straight. Because I've seen some top riders. Ooh, you're like, oh, my gosh, look how crooked they are on the left side. Like, it's so obvious. Because there's a huge white stripe down their back. And I'm like, ooh, that's... Yeah, that's you well. Have to if be you fairy. think about that, you, that just on that thought pattern, that's one of the reasons why we got rid of a lot of white line bridles. Oh yeah, right. Makes sense. because right. the judge I, yeah, had I remember many the days more when there used straight to be... lines to look at. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes, that's true. I never Good thought point. about it, but it makes sense, right? Complete sense. Sure. So uh-huh. then we went to blingy brow bands, which didn't. Mm-hmm. accentuate the movement of a horse's head or a tilt or mm-hmm. so it's of course it's going to relate to your body in the same sense. exact way yeah so can we talk a little bit about like i mean i've seen some dramatic coat colors down here i mean some like really dramatic blues or you know, burgundies. How do you, I mean, what's, what's the stage on that? I mean, some people you're standing out. I'm not sure you want to be standing out. (laughs) Well, I, I, this is, this is going to be a rule of thumb for, this is what I tell my clients. Anyway, you make choices and you set the stage. So you have to be careful what message you want to give to the judge on entering the ring. So if you are that confident that you can wear a lot of bling and something really outstanding in color, are you not telling the judge, wow, take a look at me because this ride's going to be fabulous? Mm-hmm. And is that the message that yeah. you want to give? Right, right. So I think that that's how you kind of have to look at it. I mean, you have mm-hmm. to, down here in Wellington, of course, we have the best riders. So they can wear things that the average uh, amateur maybe would rethink because they feel when they go down center line, they want everybody looking at them. Yeah. Sometimes they so shouldn't. So I think that they can, they can get a, <laughs> well, that's, that that that's true. 
<laughs> That's true. And the and Reese Fashion Police. If you think it, yes, yes. But if you think about that, I always look at like the top eight riders. And usually you will find them to be in very classic looking coats. Mm-hmm. And you don't see quite as much bling in the top group. Well, I think it's important that you want to highlight the horse, actually, and not everything that's going on on top of it. You know, just just let your you know let the well, the rider be a little bit. And I like to, I like to think of the rider being a little bit invisible, and that the horse is doing his job without it. But I think you know what I see is when I see you know um, uh, a contrasting color of boot and a really contrasting color jacket, then you're maybe a little bit d- distracted. Like the rider is now you know, popping out at you and you can see everything that's going on and, and your eyes are drawn to whether it's bling on the coat or the helmet or whatever. And then you're actually taking away from the picture that may be of a really outstanding, beautiful horse. So, I mean, well, <laughs> I, I, think I think everybody knows me. Really I talk about it all point. the time. I like black on black, you know, and guys, you I don't see, I haven't seen any of the guys be wearing it, you know, any of these light color blues, grays, browns. It's usually... Black right. on black, you know, with white breeches, and, and then the horse does his job. Well, I'm going to make a little comment about the black on black thing, because to me, the number one color for dressage, and has always been, is really navy. Yes! And black was just something that people thought was um, a dressage look. And navy really was the number one color for dressage and remains today the number one color for dressage. And you're not going to believe what number two color is right now. What? Brown. It's brown. It's brown. Yeah. Why? Because it's super on the horses. It's great on the person's skin tones. And it's still classic. It's still subtle. So Beth, and is, it just looks beautiful. So I just, real quick, technical question. Is there a rule that your coat needs to match the boot color? No. Is that, like, if you wear Absolutely a brown coat, you have not. to wear a brown boot? Okay, good. Absolutely okay. not. Yep. You can wear, I, but okay, you can wear okay, black Beth, I, Yeah, I've talked to a steward about this. I think if you wear a brown boot, you must wear a brown coat. That's not true. It's really not true. In Canada, no, and, and well, it's not. <laughs> Trust me. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, that's I, one thing I, I I should know. Basically, what the rules. Matter of fact, there is a rule in the FEI ring that you're not supposed to wear other than a black boot. There's been really? some stuff that's been let go. Absolutely, got to check the FEI rulings. Yeah, interesting. Goodness. So, so on that note. What are the sort of, well, we were just talking off air and I was just watching the Olympics last night and there was a poor ice dancing girl who had a wardrobe malfunction and her, oh, her, her, her neck thing came off. It was so awful. So what are some uh, ways we can avoid that in dressage? I, I had to ask that question for tonight because after that poor girl the other night, I thought, oh, what are some things you can do to not yeah, have a wardrobe? Scary. Oh, it was awful. I felt, oh. God, your Olympic dreams slash because of this neck thing. So what are some things that we can do? I, I think it's very important to, before you go to a horse show, take your coat out 
check the buttons on your coat. Make sure that your buttons don't need some extra stitching. The last thing you need before you climb on the back of the horse, you put the coat on, climb on, and boom, there goes two buttons. That's pretty scary. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that your your boots are clean and the zippers are clean. Mm-hmm. You don't need an inch of packed dirt at the bottom of your zipper that goes down into the foot. You want to make sure it's all clean. The zippers are working correctly. So I think just checking over your, just like you would check over any equipment, that you need to make sure that your buttons are sewn on well. And it doesn't hurt to put some extra stitching in your buttons. You should, every coat should come with an extra button. And I always tell my clients, please, please sew that extra button to the lining of the inside of the pocket or the label inside the coat. Don't leave it home in a safe place in case you lose the button. I think I do that. So you so have I, that's a good you. reminder. Yeah, that's a great reminder. So I think that that's so important because then we, you know, I mean, of course, if I'm at the horse show, you can always come and see me for a replacement button. I do try to keep all the brand buttons with me, but a lot of them have changed rather rapidly. So I haven't even been able to keep up myself. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to have your extra buttons with you, have them sewn into the coat so you have them in case you need it, and make sure you check the buttons out. And go over the seams of your white britches. Just make Mm -hmm. sure that nothing looks like it could let loose. And, um, you know, a couple of extra stitches. Well, especially for our northern riders. Just like checking your equipment. Yeah. For horse show season, if you're up north and not, I mean, here in Florida, we're all showing right now. So, but you know, the first right. horse of the year, you always have to check, but that's a good thing to do right yeah. now. Put your like, outfit on, ride yeah. in it maybe, you know, I, I like to put, especially the horses right. that are going in the FEI ring that you have to, you know, get your tail coat out, put it on, make sure yep. now that kind of, you know, sometimes if the wind's up, you know, your tail coat could flap or touch the horse on its butt. Right. So get used to wearing that. Yeah. And I think one of my favorite, uh, tips for people you know is to is to pin down your stock tie or I've you know, had I that wear wardrobe malfunction tie, but <laughs> pin that to your shirt what's that i've done that i had i i've that thing I've flying up in your face is not cool yeah, it's not cool you try to it's like <laughs> that wardrobe from the olympics i've had it happen yeah and it, oh, it yeah, happened I to too, me because yeah. you know I, I i have a, a but we had had literally a hurricane we had ridden and so everything was wet so i took out sort of my second oh, set God. of stuff my old stuff and I, my other one had a pin, but I didn't think about it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I won't ever do that again. You do that <laughs> once you won't do it again. Oh, no, no, that's a, that's a malfunction that, that you don't need to have happen. <sighs> so, uh, it, yeah, you just need a little safety pin in the bottom of it. Yeah. Pin it to your two. shirt. Go with two. I do. Do two. Trust me too. Yeah. It's better. <laughs> so Beth, for our final I think question, there's one other little, yes. yes. No, you tell us. Where were you going with that? Well, there's one other thing in the in thinking along that vein um, that to make sure, you know, you can uh, spray your white britches with Scotchgard until they're sopping wet. And when they're dry, they will be stain resistant for up to two years. How do I not know this? And yes. that 
What? what? I never knew this. <laughs> I'm going tonight. It's so important. <laughs> Walmart. Oh, oh, yeah. Just stuff from Walmart. Just so, Scotch guard from Walmart. Yeah? Oh, Yes. Yes. See what we learned and during I the show? I would do it outside because it's a kind of nasty spray, but you'll never know what's on your britches at all. And you can also, guess what? Do it on your white saddle pads. What? My life has been so, changed, yeah. everyone. You've <laughs> <laughs> changed my Dangard. life again. See, Beth yeah. dresses me, but she's changing my life tonight. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. Oh, kids, don't go to Walmart and Wellington. I'm buying it all. Oh, I never thought of it. <laughs> Love it, Beth. And it doesn't even have to go on your white britches or your white saddle pads. It can go on beige britches, gray britches, because you we all know that the dirt gets on our thighs always. What? Oh, I'm so excited. So any light-colored clothing. Wow. Oh, Beth, you changed my life again. Oh, so Beth, one other question for you. What is the sort of what not to wear in dressage land? Well, I think um, I, 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 all the coats, let, let's make this, and it has been for over eight years, the coats are short. The coats are no longer long. They should just be, where you sit in the saddle, your coat shouldn't like be hanging down below the saddle. It should be just so you can sit in the saddle and not be sitting on your coat. It makes for a longer leg. It makes you look taller. It is comfortable and it is athletic. And I think that's the big thing that we need to understand. It is athletic. The last thing you need to be doing is wearing grandma's hunt coat. <laughs> that's hanging halfway down your thigh. You're sitting on it. You're trying to sit the trot. It's, it's all of a sudden starting to move underneath you and it's yanking on the back of your neck. You know, this is not a good look. Not pretty. So mm. what not to wear an mm. old fashioned, wasted, long skirted jacket. Hunk. Oh, look kids. Oh, I love it. So get well, I mean, the and the fabrics, the fabrics they're coming out with now are so like yeah. you got your stretchy materials, lightweight materials for some summer, summer riding. I think that's that's a you know a big advantage is that uh, you can you can ride all day in your show coat and it's and you're not going to get overheated. I remember the old wool coats oh. and you know that got very very hot and were you know not good, not good I for like any kind of long long riding. You wanted to be out of that jacket right away. I think they make them so comfortable now and lightweight that uh it's worth you know getting an upgrade if you if you are riding in a, in a bit of an older coat and and you don't have to spend a lot of money to get a more athletic coat but i do say that there are two things you want to invest money in one is a coat and one is a pair of boots mm-hmm. you can get a less expensive britches or less expensive shirt, but your coat is going to go out in and out of the washing machine a million times. Mm-hmm. Your boots need to be a part of your equipment. Let's face it. When you wear proper dressage boots, your legs are quieter on the horse. It's true. So this is two pieces of equipment. Exactly. 
Exactly. So buy a decent coat that's going to go in and out of the washing machine that fits you properly, that is not tight, that that your sleeves are the right length, that the body is the right length. And the most important measurement on any coat is the neck to waist measurement. If it is too long from the neck to the waist, it makes the coat stick out in the back. It looks absolutely dreadful. So that is the most important thing to look at when you're buying a coat, that it fits you properly in the proper dimensions. And all the coats, we don't even sell a coat anymore that doesn't go in the washing machine, including all the shad bellies. Mm -hmm. They all go in the washing machine. Mm Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, Beth, Doesn't we can't. Doesn't it make sense? Oh, it does. Because let yeah, me tell absolutely. you, we've all been at that horse show and you've gotten sopping wet and you have to go, you're in the hotel and you can pop it in the machine and your life is way better. So, well, Beth, absolutely. we can't thank you so much for coming on the show. If people want to get in touch with you uh, about coats or boots or uh, scotch guarding your pants, what? Changing my <laughs> life. How do they do that? <laughs> They can contact me, Beth, at thehorseofcourse.com. Anytime, if they don't remember that, they can go to our website, and uh, the gals from the shop will give you my direct email. And, Beth and is don't amazing. hesitate to contact me. She will, she will make sure you're not in the what-not-to-wear category. So, <laughs> okay. Beth, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, that was a fun interview with Beth, as always. Um, And right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, we're going to come back with Angela Jackson. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Are you worried about digestive disorders such as colic, diarrhea, and ulcers making your horse sick? Try adding Nalox Advance to your horse's diet. The ingredients in Nalox Advanced support a healthy stomach, robust microflora populations, and normal gut function, so digestive disorders become a thing of the past. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of all ages to maintain a healthy gut and reduce the risk of ulcers, diarrhea, and colic. Why take chances with your horse's well-being? Start your horse on Nalox Advanced today. Tonight, I am so happy to have a friend of mine and also someone I really respect, Angela Jackson. She's the head trainer at Rhine River Farm in Henderson, Kentucky, and she has gone to a lot of young horse finals in every division, and she I couldn't think of a better person to start our young horse uh, series. Welcome to the show, Angela. Hey there. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, we are so excited to get this series started, and um, I couldn't think of a better person because you've really, you've done young horses for so many years, and you're a breeder, and you get a lot of young horses to ride. So tonight, our topic is to talk about four-year-old horses, and we're going to kind of do this segment of what kind of a normal four-year-old would do, and then when you are looking for the young horse finals at the four-year-old test, kind of what horse are you looking to take there? So let's start with uh, just kind of what do you expect from a four-year-old, a normal four-year-old horse? 
Well, I think a normal four-year-old horse should not do a four-year-old test because I think it's very difficult uh, and it's very demanding. And um, they have to not only physically perform a pretty technical, challenging test for their age, but also mentally they have to cope with a lot. Um, so, so a normal four-year-old really, it's a lot. And for somebody who doesn't have experience with young horses, it, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, now that said, I think if you have a very nice young horse um, that has been started correctly and uh, it's showing like that it can handle it, I think it's a great experience and it makes them grow up a little bit faster. So when you when you start working with your four-year-olds, what are some expectations you have of those horses? You know, it's like, for example, this year, again, every year I, I get some horses in. And so right now I have two three-year-olds coming forth. So they're right in this boat. Every year this time I'm like, oh, I don't think I get them ready. It, it's always this worry. Can they handle it? Can they not handle it? And I try to have my owners in the realistic expectations. Um, so I, I don't want them to, I don't like it when they send me a horse and say, I want you to do four-year-olds because that's not realistic. I always tell them, I said, let me see how the horse is, is going. Let me see how the horse is developing. And if the horse can handle it, then we'll take it one day at a time. I, I have to listen to the horse. The horse will tell me if it can or cannot do it. Last year, I had two four-year-olds. One made it, one didn't. The better horse actually didn't make it, but um, it was just mentally not a good thing. And I didn't want to push the young horse in uh, a place where it might just get so overwhelmed that we're going to have way more problems down the road. So I'd rather be patient and let it develop. And when it tells me, eh, this is easy, I'm good to go, then I usually say, Sure, let's, let's go for it. But sometimes I don't even know that. Uh, sometimes I enter the class and I still don't even know if I'm going to ride it. I mean, that's how close it sometimes is to, to <laughs> see if a horse can or cannot do it. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you're at home and you're riding, I mean, do you take the three-year-olds to a horse show? What is, what is your decision-making no, on no. just I mean, going to a horse show at all? No, I don't take three-year-olds. Three-year-olds really only need to be hacked and, you know, they need to come in and be played with and just go kind of through a simple routine. They don't need to do much. It's just going through the everyday same uh, routine to get used to it. And they usually do like 20 minutes, if that. I mean, they just, they need to be horses. And it's no pressure. It's just going around, getting used to steering and getting used to, you know, other horses in the arena and just trusting and you just kind of go and, and try to install the basic training scale. You know, they have to, when you close their leg, they have to go forward. They should not be afraid to hold the bit in their mouth with a little feeling in my hand. And, uh, you know, and they just have to get steady and relaxed and I should be able to, you know, they should follow my my guide. If I, you know, take a little right rein, they should follow me to the right. If I take a little left rein, they should follow me to the left. You know, if I squeeze both reins, they need to slow down. If I squeeze both legs, they need to go. I mean, it's very basic, simple uh, riding and just walk to a canine, left, right, throw them back out. 
I mean, three-year-olds, in my opinion, should not go to shows. Okay, so too much. so the first, it's, it's not if necessary. you have a horse, then the first horse show will be in a four-year-old year. Is that going to be yeah, um, yeah. in I, April? I, I or Yeah. Um, I think that depends on, I think that depends on what happened prior. So if the horse had been played with, like I've just said, and had a nice little, gets the routine down, doesn't get stressed out, um, then, yeah, I would say probably, I usually do May, uh, just because <laughs> the weather warms up a little bit. Weather is also a big factor with young horses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to have it a little bit warmed up. And then I try to find a showground that is a little understanding of young horses. So there's show like last year I ran into a friend. Um, they took a, first and foremost, it was a mistake. They took a four-year-old into an indoor show. And I think that's a problem. Uh, I, I, I told her afterwards, I said, why did you bring this young horse here? This is such a scary place. Yeah. I mean, this is scary for adult horses, never yeah. mind for a youngster. And, you know, the horse wouldn't go in the ring and she got wrung out and then she got all mad at the horse. And I, I finally had to kind of... I had to interfere on the woman. I'm like, look, you need to leave this horse alone. You know, stop because you're scaring it even more than it already is. You're asking it to be on the bed. You're asking it to do all kinds of stuff. This horse cannot mentally handle all this. Stop. You know, this, this is, you should not even be here with this horse. And uh, I think that's, that's very important. So I try to find something that is a little more open, that has a fence around it, where there's no concrete, you know, that has a lot of uh, like, uh, gravel or, or dirt areas. Um, so, so they're a little bit more inviting for young horses and a little safer. Uh, a, a larger warm-up, I prefer for the young horses at the first shows. And they have to have safe lunging areas. Um, so I can go out. I usually call it, let's stoop it out. I go out in the morning and I yeah. lunge them a little bit because they're overwhelmed, you know. They look yeah. and they're yeah. and there's this and there's that. And they just need to go out there and, and just... They're flight animals, so the first thing they want to do is run, and yeah. so I just let them let them do their thing, and when they calm down and they take a breath and they let their neck fall and they start to focus on me a little bit and they interact with me, then I just kind of say, "All right, you you now you're good now," and then I put them up, and then <clears throat> before the class, I get them ready, maybe spin them another time or two around on lunch line and get on, and usually they handle it. I mean, they're going to be scared. But I never enter a real class. It's always a material class because no expectations. I don't have to write patterns. The yeah. judge usually is understanding and they say, hey, you know, why don't you say, you know, just you don't have to be on the rail. I could be off the rail if something spooks him like the flowers or the boxes or the judging uh, booth or, you know, I don't have to do that. I can just go around as the horse feels comfortable and, uh, if it falls out of the canner, you know, I can pick it back up without having to get after it. And, and so it's a much more inviting uh, way of introducing a young horse. Plus it has buddies with him, mm-hmm. usually. So that makes him more secure. And, um, and, and that's, that's usually how I try to introduce him. And if they handle that, then I can go at the same horse show. Then I can go in each ring and show it to them and get them used to, to all that. And, um, and when they handle that, then I can usually make another decision and say, hmm, maybe maybe in a month or so, if we do another little show like that, maybe we'll try one. We enter it and see what happens. Yeah, you know, I love how you you uh, 
you, you do that. You, you really look at the horse at that moment in time and then make a decision instead of like, this year we're doing the four-year-olds. You know, I think with a four-year-old horse, you have to be very careful because uh, they do change so much from, you know, February to May to June to the oh, nationals in August. For a young horse. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's a long time. And the so, other thing is in the four-year-old year, you run, it, you run into that more than in the other the years. Uh, I think in the four-year-old year, you also run into some growing issues. Sure. So you have to keep that in consideration. Some people don't pay attention to it, but you have to because their bodies don't feel the same from one week to the next sometimes. Yeah, and I, so, I've noticed a lot with the four-year-olds. It's just their energy levels change a lot. Right. Like one yeah. one week, they're going to be very exuberant and, and, you know, and then the next week they spend the whole week sleeping like <laughs> yeah. because they just, yeah, you know, they, sure. they grow, they get tired. They, you know, their muscles are growing. You're just, you know, for me, I think it's just about, you know, you're forming um, the basis of a career for a horse and you can very easily screw that up by riding too much, pushing too much or just, you know, right. hurting the trust between between horse and rider, that's what you're developing. Not nothing to do with really dressage. You're just learning. The horse has to learn to trust and to go out to a show, maybe, and you know, to be in a really secure, you know, confident place. Yeah. Because you have so many more years to build upon that to actually, you know, do the classes and you know, work your way, um, you know, through the levels and all of that. But you know, if if your horse yeah. doesn't trust you or you're not confident at a horse show, I think that's a big thing. Like. Okay, you want you you're going to take a horse to a horse show, but you, you you know you can't decide that you're just going to leave it in the stall. You have to ride it if you're going to go, you know, or or, or whatever, you know, that uh, you have to make a really good plan that you can handle. I think because yeah, I, exactly. I get as a trainer, I get a lot of horses. Yeah, that you get a lot of horses that were, um, you know, ruined because they were really good horses, and somebody said, okay, I'll just go to a horse show. And then the horse had a bad experience, and now you have to spend so much longer to retrain that bad experience, yeah. and that's uh, that's not good for them. I would say, I would say, uh, you know, having done the young horses all the way to Bonne Championnat in in Germany, and having done many young horses here, I think what I have seen over the years um, is also that people want to buy young horses because it's more affordable to buy a young horse, of course. But young horses go through, just like children, um, not that I have children, but I think people who have children can relate. They, they have little tantrums at times, and that tests you, what they can get away with. And I think if you don't have the stomach to make sure that you keep them on the right track, uh, when they start getting really scared or when they get really um, unruly at times, so, you know, they're passaging and the tail is up in the air and they're blowing and they, you know, going around. So, so then you have to make a decision. If, if you know your four-year-old that you can ride through it and they're not going to go dangerous with a bucking, rearing, running, hopefully you've done your homework at, ho- at home. You know, obviously that, that had to be done first. Um, but I see people that um, are surprised or seem surprised that a horse is acting, a young horse is acting like that. Um, and then, and then they get in a lot of trouble, and the horses learn that behavior gets them out of doing what we as humans want them to do. And then this, this bad behavior is actually taught, and uh, they use it now all the time as an evasion. And yeah, I, I am always surprised how, 
how fast they can pick something up, you know, in 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 a negative way, um, right. and how long They've it takes to learning. undo that thing. Good or bad, they're learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and I think that's so important. I think that's an incredibly important point, and that is, if you're not comfortable, you need to pay someone that is comfortable. Yeah. You know, and it's I would. I mean, help. I would be. Yeah. I'd be perfectly honest. You know, I don't like to take a four-year-old to to a, a horse show. I'm I'm going to pay someone to do that probably, unless it's an incredibly good four-year-old. I don't do it very often, and I'm not that confident at it. I like it when they're five or six, and they go, and they're nice, and they behave. But I know that, so I'm very comfortable saying, Angela, Philip, you know, someone else, can you take my horse to this horse show for the first time? I'm fine that with that. That is a smart decision. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know that yeah. I'm a, I, I, you know, that's not my thing. I don't do it very often and I don't love to do it. So until I'm confident, I'm going to pay someone that is. And I think that that's, that doesn't mean you're a failure. That doesn't mean anything. It's just, you're setting yourself up for success. If you're not comfortable with doing that, get someone that is. And I think that's important. That's a super important because you are setting this horse's life. You really are. The right. first few times you take that young horse out, it is going to really set the stage for that particular horse's career and their life. So I think it's important to take to, to send that horse with someone that's super confident. And I think a lot of people are tentative to do that with youngsters. And I, I think that's a very bad way to go myself. So Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I think in this country, it's not really understood. I think in Europe, you see some of the top riders. Uh, we all know they're incredible top riders, but... Um, and like Isabel has several young horse riders employed, and that's what they do. That's their job. And Isabel is the first one uh, to tell you that they have to do their job proper so she can do her job proper. And um, uh, it's just everybody has to do their part of the education. And um, I think I'm not sure that in, in Europe, I think the young horse riders are much more highly regarded as they are here. I think here people say, oh, yeah, they ride young horses. I mean, I know I run into that at times. Yeah. Um, but I think even under professionals, it's, it's um, they, they look, it's not, I don't want to say look down at, but I don't think it's understood uh, the way I think it should be understood. In, uh, in Europe, I think the young horse riders um, have a very high reputation from the top professionals and they, they actually send some of their top horses. If you know, you know, you go over there and you can buy a two year old at the auction for a lot of money and some of these horses and they're very selective on where they're sending their horses. Who's going to, who's going to I, I, I completely agree with you, Angela, and I think that's actually something missing in our country, uh, to be perfectly yep. honest, is people that are very comfortable doing it and to step back and say, well, that's not my thing, but this person is so good at that and they give such a great foundation so that I can come in and do what I want to do. And I think that that's so important and, and I feel like we are missing that in this country. Uh, Philip, probably Canada as well. I mean, and it, it should be a highly regarded, it is, a, it is such a skill that um, not every rider has and and I think it's important and in this four-year-old year that we're talking about you need to be able to recognize you need to be able you know um, 
for sure getting to the young horse finals is the exception to that rule. But if you're going to go that route, you need to have someone like Angela, like Philip, that they know how to say, you know, let's wait a month or it's not ready yeah. or, and, and not think that that's a bad thing. And it's a failure or, Oh, my horse didn't make it to the four-year-old championships. I mean, they're asked, um, you know, real quickly, what, what are some things that are in that test? I mean, those, those four-year-olds have to do, quite a lot. What are, what are some it's, things? It's that about does? a first level test, I would say. Uh, it, it, what they're looking for um, is obviously the first part, first three parts of the training scale. They're looking obviously for foot rhythm and relaxation and, and, you know, suppleness, swinging back, ability to bend, uh, you know, how they articulate in their joints, how they use their body uh, stretching over the back. And, and, and obedience, really looking for, obedience questions, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. And there's a big score. You have only five scores. So you have, obviously, the walk, trot, and canter. But then, I am, and it's equally counting, is the submissiveness, which that includes the contact, the straightness, obedience, and then also responsiveness to the aids of the rider. You know, the, and, and then, of course, the general impression of... Um, um, how is it a develop, developing dressage for the future and is it coming along on the basis of the, the training scale? I mean, they look at this and, and obviously appropriately developed for their age. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Sometimes I question what they call appropriately developed for the age. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. when I see a four-year-old going down center line that looks like it's going down center line for Grand Prix, yeah. I think... And I disagree with that. I had a, a talk with one of my breeders. I had one there that offered it. And I, I could have gone there. I mean, in 30 days, I would have had this four-year-old passaging. I mean, no problem. But we discussed it. And because I was, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. And I advised. Uh, and I, I just refused to do it. And I, I told the, the breeder, I said, look, this is all fine and dandy. But um, it, it's just. It's, it's, not, it's counterproductive. It's going to hinder me down the road. Yeah. I have to stay with the true uh, gates of the horse. And, and the truck is so easily influenced. And I think that um, they, they teach these horses, and I call them the tricks, the flicker trot, yes. um, which is fine. But then you see these horses with these big exuberant front legs because they drop their, their backs and they start dragging their hind feet, and it just becomes so obvious. And, they, and I hate it when some of these judges, they say, oh, you know, they say all the things that they, that they don't like that is not correct in the training, but then they still give eights and nines. Yeah. Right. And then we are left in the field saying, okay, wait a minute. So we all know that that's not how this horse should be ridden. But why are you rewarding it by yeah. giving it that kind of score? So yeah. if you yeah. want to win, then everybody now is going to go home, and that's what we're going to have to do. Knowing yeah. bloody well, it's wrong. Yeah. So it, it's sometimes a little bit frustrating for us as riders when we, when we do that. Um, because, uh, you know, a four-year-old should not trot like that. It, sure. it just shouldn't. Sure. Yeah, it's truly true. But that's what wins the class. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's just so many things to think about in, in training a young horse. I think that it can be very complicated because I think you and I, you know, a lot of people are trying to make an investment in the future of a horse, whereas these horses that are 
trained to you know to trot mechanically like this don't have a future because they'll be they'll no. be lame you know or or there'll be a problem in the training like you know so you know this just goes back to i mean our discussion is about get somebody who knows how to train a horse yeah. um and prepare them for later in life um i think that's the big thing with four-year-olds and you know yeah. almost wish that they didn't offer these four-year-old classes and shows and stuff because uh, you know because all these problems like you're saying is is with judging and with trying to present a really fancy horse where i think if you just present a really nicely trained horse you can get good scores too yeah 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 and that's what i try to do i don't i'm assuming you you do the same but i try to have a very harmonious um you know just natural show the natural swing the natural movement of the horse and um ride a correct test, have an obedience horse, have a soft horse. And, um, you know, if I can produce that, I, I usually get decent scores that um, will be sufficient to, to hopefully get an invitation to, to a, a championship. And, and like I said, sometimes I have these horses where I know I could produce more, but, um, you know, I, I, and sometimes when owners ask me that, it's like, why, why, blah, 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 this and that. And I'm like, well, because I don't think it's very productive. I think you're going to end up with a lot of trouble down the road if we go there now. And I'm just, I always advise the owners to, uh, you know, just, they have to trust me that I have the best interest of the horse in mind. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, Angela, thank you so much for your time tonight. This has been such a fun discussion, and, and Young Horses is a fun discussion every time. And uh, if our listeners wanted to find you online uh, for some more advice, how can they find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, that's probably a, a great way to follow me. I, I just usually keep little updates on what's going on and where we're going and you know what's happening. Uh, I think that's just an easy way to communicate to everybody uh what we're doing so just google my name angela jackson in uh, kentucky and i think uh, they can just uh, follow me right there fantastic well angela thank you so much and we look forward to seeing you at the cdis and at the young horse finals this year oh i hope so we're already hard at work trying to make it <laughs> but you know if they're ready they're ready and if not no hard feelings <laughs> i love it thanks angela okay thanks for having me well, Phil, we talk about it every week, and it is very true. You and I use all of the Total Saddle Fit GERS. Um, we both use pretty much all the GERS for different horses. I certainly use all three types of GERS. Um, I use the Stretch Tech GERS. I use the, um, the just sort of the original GERS. And then I also the, use... Um, the synthetic. The synthetic girth, exactly. Yeah, I think you can kind of cater to the horse on, you know, uh, which one you need, or you know, maybe you start with one, and uh, and then maybe the horse needs to graduate, you know, from the regular shoulder relief girth to the stretch tech girth, um, and then a few horses that that the synthetic girth just works perfect for, and there's no reason to, you know, they're not girthy, and I, I yeah. think we said. You know, the draft types those, and stuff yeah. that are maybe aren't as sensitive underneath, you know, they work well for the synthetic I'm girth. Using it on a new horse. Yeah, he is such a sweater, this horse. He <laughs> is a sweater. And here it is hot. I mean, it's, you know, it's basically summer. It's 80, 85 every day. And this, this boy is a sweater. So the synthetic girth has been perfect for him because it fits the saddle great. And I can 
with no conscience, just hose that baby off every day, which we all know I do. Uh, but it works really well. And um, I'm on Master Leo. So uh, I've been using that down here. I just started with him and it's a great girth. So uh, what's great about Justin from Total Saddle Fit is he has all different price points, uh, which is great. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, totalsaddlefit.com, they can answer them for you. So, Phil, we've got a fun uh, Total Saddle Fit tip of the week. Um, and there, we actually got this question a couple different ways. Uh, and I think you're the perfect person to answer. Uh, this <laughs> I don't know, question, but I'll do my best. Yeah, is yeah. from Michaela. And she was actually talking about three-year-olds. And I thought it was important to sort of talk about three-year-olds because we're not going to do that in our series because there's no FEI test for three-year-olds. Um, so, Phil... You know, when you're looking at a young horse and you really are phenomenal with young horses and do a ton of them, uh, much more than I do, actually. Um, so talk to us a little bit about three-year-olds. Like, how do you evaluate them? How do you evaluate them to start them? You know, how do you do that? I think it's really, really hard, actually. And, yeah. um, you know, we all know that no two horses are alike. And also no two horses are alike in the way that they grow and develop. So I think every horse that I have in or that, you know, that I'm working with, um, has to be unique in how I bring it along and, and what my expectations are. And, um, you know, so there is no book that you can open and say, okay, this, this is a three-year-old. This is what exactly what you do. You have to be creative. You have to be, um, be able to think outside the box and you have to, you have to go forward with a really confident plan. So I, you know, and personally I take a little longer than, than some other trainers do. Um, Again, I don't, you know, I don't have a quick timeline for the three-year-olds. And, uh, and so I think really what you're trying to do is really form, you know, kind of a trust and a partnership bond. And so you can do that with, a, if you can do that with a lot of extra time, then uh, I think you have a lot more success rather than just going on and saying, okay, I need to, you know, I, I, people come to me and I hear about, the, you know, you know what, can I send my horse to you for 30 days? Will you start it? I'm like, okay, but, you know, your horse in 30 days may not even be, you know, ready to get a saddle on, mm -hmm. whereas somebody else's <laughs> horse in 30 days is, I can be on his back and riding around and steering and, and all kinds of things. So, I I, I don't like anybody that's going to say, okay, here's a timeline, here's a month, here's two months or what, or th even three months, and this is, I you know, I want my horse back and I want to be able to ride it because I'm, I, you know, I'm totally against that and I just... I don't think it works. I think if you spend more time in the beginning, you'll actually be further along in a year or two years than if you, you know, rush things and, and try and make it really quick. Now, no, saying so that, true. you have to get somewhere, right? Like, you have to be training and you have to have a plan. You have to be moving forward because the other side of that coin is just not, you know, leading the horse around and feeding it treats and, you know, not getting anywhere. So, there's a very delicate balance between... Um, you know, kind of pushing things and training and, and just, you know, making a nice life for a law and ornament. So I think mm -hmm. that's, that's been really hard and, um, you know, I've made lots of mistakes and, and bringing that along. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I, I think is important is to kind of, um, learn horse behavior or, or, you know, let the horse talk to you a little bit, you know, with ear movements, with, with the way the eye looks and just be listening so that you can avoid dangerous situations. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so normally uh, the training of, of the horses at our farm starts at two years old, actually. Um, in, the, in the summer when it's hot, that's the best time to train young horses. 
is you yeah. know when they're not super fresh. So at two years old, I like to teach them to lean, to res- to lead, to respect the the person on the ground, to you know do all the cross tie stuff and really you know make a a good on the ground horse bathing even you know and introduce clippers and all all that stuff. So you're starting mm-hmm. that relationship early. So when they come three years old, usually about May or June, like I said, when the weather starts to warm up here in Canada, then that's when I'm starting the training a little bit. And so they always begin um, by leading around in the arena. You know, I show them everything, you know, for a few days. And then I start with the lunging. And lunging can be super tricky. So again, it's not just chasing the horse around on a lunge line, but it's actually, you know, getting getting them to listen to commands. So if you've done your your job of, leading the horse and saying whoa and teaching whoa, then that translates very easily to lunch line. And I really always try and teach a horse whoa means stop. Mm-hmm. I can make them go, but if I can't make them stop, I'm going to be in danger. So again, use, you know, teaching voice commands and, uh, and you know, kind of basically going from there. And then I have two people when I want to start the horse. Um, and I do a little bit of, I'm not a great long liner, but I, I know that I can do a little bit of long lining. So they're used to the reins and I can with confidence get on the horse and have some steering ability. And then, um, and then, um, I lunch the horse without a rider and then, then I'll get on or I have somebody else that will, will get on and then we'll lunge with a rider and then, um, and then they're off the lunch line steering around and, uh, hopefully that all goes easy and, and you just go, go from there. Um, now, if that doesn't go easy and you have a problem, you need to have a really good plan on how to get through that problem and a lot of confidence mm-hmm. um, there. And not about um, being aggressive with a horse. I try never to be you know, really aggressive, but they have to learn their boundaries, right? So if you have a horse that is um, kind of naughty, th- th- you have to discipline them, but you know, in a good way that, they, that you discipline and then, and then you reward afterwards. So... I mean, again, it takes years and years to learn how to do that. But uh, so, uh, I guess to to wrap it up, I mean, there is no real expectations. Yeah. You know, what should a, a, a three year old be doing? It's just, you know, how, how can I move forward? And by the time you know November or December comes around, when the weather starts to get cold again, then that's when I have to be kind of done the training because I don't like to train in the indoor with the snow coming down and the ice <sighs> falling. You know, all uh. and it being really cold, so they go back outside. So however far I make it, I, I try and do my best and then have a plan when they come back as four years old to uh, to maybe even start all over again. So when they come back at four in, in, in April or May, then I start with the lunging again and then, you know, I just review the basics for the horse and then and then go from there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any really um, wrong answers you know with what you're doing as long as like like i said you have a plan and that you're making progress and uh you know i really like to start with a with a young horse with a really good brain i think you know in all my advice and in in, yeah and telling people you know when they want to buy a young horse and they want me to train a young horse as i say just look at temperament Mm -hmm. you know look temperament Mm -hmm. and then you know even the the horses that don't move well if you can train them you can train you can improve things right but the horses that move really, really well and like legs everywhere and like, oh, you know, you have such high expectations, if they don't have a good brain. You can't even get around an arena. So, you know, I just yeah, don't see the so point true. in that, right? So, um, so yeah, I, I look for a horse that, that looks fun to ride, look that really likes people. 
some horses are like really like people. Some horses are like eh, couldn't care less about you, and some horses don't like people. And so I, I try and evaluate their brain more than anything, and what they're going to be like to uh, to ride and and to train. You know, yeah, trainability is number one. That's key. Well, that thanks, Phil. That you're so good at that, and um, I think it's really important to know that because it is hard. You know, a lot of us are looking for already made horses, but to really make a horse is really hard. It's really, you know, from start it, and you know, it's, it's a lot it, of fun. It, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's difficult, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And <laughs> what I try and tell people too, whether it's you know young horses or a horse that they're riding and training. I mean, we all make mistakes, right? Yeah. And you know, usually, I think nine times out of ten. You can go back and fix a mistake. It takes extra time, but I mean, we usually have time, right? So um, it's okay, you know. Yeah. If, if there's a problem, that you you figure it out. You you work it out. You know, get some help. So true. It's so true. Well, thanks, Phil. That was an awesome total saddle fit tip of the week. And we hope you guys are going to look forward to our Young Horse series as much as we are. Um, and as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com. And my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is on Facebook, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show, and don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week. 